I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic sort of episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two nerds sit in front of microphones and talk about the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson, and joining me on the other line, lounging from the satellite branch in scenic Hamilton, Ontario, your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Hi, everybody. It's me. <laughs> your girl. You know her. Your girl. This is episode one. God, did I even write it down? What, uh, it's one nine one ninety six. Is that where we're at? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Really, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter because we're not getting to two hundred like this. <laughs> I refuse. Caitlin refuses to hit episode two hundred over the phone. In so quarantine. Just, <laughs> so it's just this. This era is just kind of like a weird, hazy fog of episodes. We just kind of drop in. We just kind of emerge from the mist to bring you episodes. If you would like to hear any of our other episodes, misty or not. Just look us up wherever you get your audio content, give us a follow or subscribe, and then every week, brought to your device, you don't have to leave the house, you can't leave the house, but you don't have to, because your man, who always respects social distancing, Chauncey Frostilicus III. Geek down internet, Elf. I knew she'd get it. I knew she'd still know where her punches are. I've been waiting. I've been waiting (laughs) since last episode. For what? For you to like set me up, for me to hit the setup. <laughs> the problem, see, the problem doing it over the phone is that I don't know if you're just cutting out. Mm. <laughs> there's no, there's no eye contact. You people don't understand the like, no. the fluid give and take that usually comes between us when we're both when we're both at the table here. We just know. Hence why there's a lot of like this, like over talking. I don't know when he's pausing. I don't know when he's taking a breath. Breath. I don't know if he's getting angry and is just like raring to go. <laughs> No cues. No cues. Normally, I'm bobbing, she's weaving. Like, we just, we zig, I zig when she zags. Like, we just know. But this bullshit. See? She didn't know if I was just trailing off or she should say something. Yeah. It just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. Nonsense. Friends, if you would like to get at us for any reasons, you can do that on social media, primarily on Twitter at GeekDownPod. There is a Facebook group. Caitlin, you've got some recommendations for uh, sci-fi and fantasy books on the Facebook group. I, I checked that out. Um, I didn't – There was. I was going to talk about something. Oh, right. So it was the Mercy – I can't remember the name of the author. I have read a couple of those, and they're actually pretty good. The covers are just horrendous, though. <laughs> But if I'm, if yeah, the Patricia Briggs and her Mercy Thompson oh, series. I, right, right. I think I read the, f- I think I read the first two. I liked the world. It was a really interesting world. Um, but and and I actually like the main characters. Sometimes I find the main characters are a little like I like I eye roll at them. Um, this, uh, the Priory of the Orange Tree hasn't heard of. I haven't heard of it. Um, but I, uh, I have written it down. Um, so thank you for the suggestions, both, uh, Megan Kearns and Jacqueline, uh, friend of the show, Jacqueline. Um, I will, I will check them out sometime within the quarantine. I have been blazing through books. Well, we'll get to that later. Got to do the pre, finish the preamble first. 
Friends, if you would like to support this endeavor with your hard-earned dollars, do not. Patreon is shut down until further notice. Although, if you are just like, if you get all this federal money and you don't know what to spend it on, I mean, you can go to ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod, buy us a coffee, so we don't have to buy our own. We're not even really buying coffee. I mean, I'm buying my coffee in bulk right now. I should not be going out and buying a single coffee. None of you should, he said, glaring out. You should not be buying coffee at all, because you're going to die. Yeah, well, I'm up to I'm up to four cups a day. It's my only joy. Your poor heart. Wow. When I went for my physical, my doctor said the caffeine was fine. He said it was more what you put in it, which is also not good. What's, I don't think the caffeine is fine. What's not up for you? What's up, Bailey's Irish creamer? Pour that fat directly into my veins. Oh, <laughs> I miss moving around. Um, friends. If you've been on this journey with us, you will have noticed we've kind of been charting the weeks. Our weeks have been oddly synchronous. Last week, we both uh, we both entered the e-commerce phase of quarantine life. And mm-hmm. now, we both seem to have entered uh, Depression Week. Yes, we have. Yeah. How's it, uh, how's it manifesting in your life, Kate? Um, Well, apparently I have signs, which I didn't even know of until senior correspondent Chris pointed them out. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds like every time I get depression since my teenagehood. Well, you have signs. Um, I I have signs. Apparently the house starts to get really messy (laughs) and like foul like like food won't be cleaned up oh um yeah but he it wasn't it wasn't a judgment on me it was the fact that he's like um he, and he said it very kindly he's like you you stop picking up after me as in like i stopped picking up after <laughs> component chris he's he is terrible at like seeing mess and it's not his fault it's part of the adhd there's just things he doesn't notice or doesn't perceive as being as messy as they are until I pointed out and he's like, Oh, you're right. This is gross. Um, and whenever I pointed out, he's very good about taking care of it, but he can tell when things start to get even just messy, not even the dirty, but like messy, like I don't put my clothes away or, um, or for instance, if I'm not like getting ready for work, I'm just sort of like rolling out of bed to work. Um, like not having a shower beforehand, not like just wearing a robe all day. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, I could see these signs. Um, so he was very helpful and he knows the things that will help. Um, he's gone through very similar things as well. And anyone who's gone through depression knows that. See, I'm one of those weird people who really thrives on having structure. I think most people do, but I know a lot of people are like, oh, I just like to, I can work it from home. I can be very like, I can go out to a cafe and work. I can't. I need to have timelines. I need to have someone being like, hey, this needs to be done in two days. Hey, can you get it done at the end of the week? Um, I don't know why I'm built that way. Probably because I didn't have any of that as a child. (laughs) There was no structure. It was just like, Kate will be fine. She's clever. And I'm like, okay, can someone please tell me a bedtime, though? (laughs) Um, So I need to have these sort of important markers for my my day and my week. So last week it started to devolve. I got, like, really depressed, weepy, um, 
which is hard because there's no reason for the weepiness and you feel there. I always feel some shame because there's, I, I have nothing to be sad about. Well, no, I mean, um, I mean, sorry to cut you off, but I mean, one thing I saw there, I think, I don't know if we talked about it on air or off mic, but like this article that went around early in the process that was like, you know, that thing you're feeling is grief. Like life in the yeah, world changed. I, An entire way of living is gone for the foreseeable future. And that's going to lead to some weepiness <laughs> once in a while. Yeah. But I, I also feel like, I mean, there's so many people who have, who have died, who had family members. There are these girls I read an article about who's both their parents have died mm. from COVID-19. Um, I haven't, like, I, I've known maybe three people who have it, who are self-isolating at home, who are younger, so they don't have any complications, um, and everything so far is okay. Um, so there's been no, like, um, no tragedy, but yeah, there is obviously sort of, like, you know, state of weirdness we're all going through, and there have been a lot of deaths around the world, which is very, very sad. Um, but me personally, there is always, I think with a lot of people with depression, there's a, there's shame for feeling depressed when quote unquote, you have nothing to be depressed about. Mm. Like things can be much worse. Um, and they aren't, but as we know with depression, you can't help that feeling except there are some times when I can sort of structure, an environment that will help me get out of it. So like on Friday, like I got up before work, I had a shower, I got fully dressed, like with shoes and stuff. <laughs> um, I had like breakfast beforehand. I went for a quick walk outside before work. And I just, I didn't take breaks. I had my like lunch break, but other than that, I really didn't take breaks. I just worked. Um, and like ignored everything else like I would usually in a day. And it did make me feel a lot better, but we'll see how much I can provide that structure for myself for the rest of what, two months? <laughs> like, well, I'm not good. I know this. And I, I've said it since the very beginning. I don't like working from home. I'm not good at it. I'm not good at, at, you know, self-motivation and self-direction, um, people who I know who work from home or who are writers who basically are their own boss. I don't understand. Like I'm like, you're magic. I don't. Um, so yeah. So that's where mine definitely comes from and the place I'm in. Um, thankfully both yesterday and today on Saturdays, I, I spoke about it in a couple of sessions, a couple um episodes when I have you, you, I play you, D&D. You can call them sessions. Basically, basically I know what them they sessions, are. right? Well, they're, I was thinking D&D sessions. Um, I've been playing D&D on Roll20, which is really great because it gets me out of bed and showered and stuff before the game starts, um, which isn't early by any means, but at least it gets me out of bed. And then today we're doing the podcast. It's the morning, which is incredible that I'm up before <laughs> noon on a Sunday. Um, but again, because I kind of had this idea that like, I need these things to get me out of bed. Otherwise I will sleep the day away. And that's also part of the depression, right? And it just sort of makes, it snowballs. It makes things worse. You're feeling like you don't have, I think when you feel like you don't have a direction, um, it, it definitely hinders your, your brain's ability to like handle things. Um, 
so yeah, so that is how mine has like manifested and how I'm trying to keep it under control. Caitlin's manifest um, from a place of empathy. Uh, mine uh, <laughs> manifests from a place of total misanthropy. Um, but isn't that just us? <laughs> empathy and misanthropy. That's basically the entire aesthetic of the show. Oh man, how's Karamonica doing? I haven't listened to. I haven't listened to. I don't listen to podcasts anymore. I make them, but I don't listen to them because I'm not commuting. Um, yeah, I just <laughs> currently, as I can, every word I say, I can feel my mustache like crawling into my mouth because I've clearly, <laughs> give, clearly given up this week. Um, I, as I put on, as I put on Twitter, it's like you know, managed to shower, take out the garbage, and uh, walk for about 40 minutes before my anxiety stomach ache started. So I guess we'll call that Thursday. Um, <laughs> so, solid effort, everyone. Um, yesterday I made a laundry run. Um, so I was up six thirty at the laundromat by seven. The lights weren't even on in the laundromat yet. It was me and another dude. Cool. Social distancing maintained. I got the hand sanding on me. Everything I'm after I touch anything, money, the washing machine, whatever, hand sanding. Um, Get in, get out, even managed to fold my laundry, get in, get out by a little bit, like an hour and a half maybe. And then I get home and I was thinking, and already at that point, I was, I thought it had it in my head that maybe I didn't want to go to the no frills. And I appreciate, I was saying this to somebody yesterday, I appreciate that part of my privilege is that I don't have to go to no frills right now. Like generally my vibe is I go to no frills because I have to, um, I'm flush enough at this point in time that when I go to do groceries, I can basically like price be damned and just grab what I need and right. get out. Um, and I thought I might, you know, it's 8 a.m. It opens at 8 on a Saturday. And I was like, it's 8 a.m. I can duck in and duck out pretty easily. No, there's already a lineup. I mean, space six feet apart, but to the end of the building, basically. Um, so while no frills is out and basically all I, I needed paper towels more than anything in my like, you know, strips to help my fat ass breathe when I go to sleep. Um, Damn, son. So I was like, well, I will go to, I'll just go to shoppers. They open at nine. If there's anything dire, I need, you know, creamer for my four daily cups of coffee, uh, you know, bag English muffins, you know, something like that. I, I have food. I was saying this to my friend yesterday as well. I treat food like cigarettes. Like, I don't feel like I need it until I'm out. Like, <laughs> right. when I smoked, I never wanted, I never felt cravings until I was out, but I didn't have right. them. So, like... I survey the state of the pantry and the fridge, and it's like, well, I have this, I have this, I have this, I have this. I have all this stuff, but I'm almost out of English muffins. I can't be right. out of English muffins. Right. Because then that I takes that. takes all of these things off the table. What am I going to do with, uh, I can't have avocado toast if I got nothing, nothing to put on it. Can't have my, like, on my omelet if I don't have, I can't put the eggs on the, on the toast. Like, it's just, it throws everything out of whack. I need that. But I need a paper towels more. Uh, so I run to the shopper's. And at this point, I said to Kate before we started recording, all these stories right now about animal shelters that are cleared out and they're all like celebrating. It's like, oh, we have no animals for up for adoption. They all got adopted. This has never happened. Hooray. They are all coming back. Those dogs, those dogs are not loving members of families right now. They are get out of jail free cards. You motherfuckers are going out. You're adopting dogs. So you have an excuse to wander the streets. I've lived in this neighborhood for nigh 10 years, and I've taken the same route to that shopper's drug mart every one of those nearly 10 years. I saw more dogs on that walk yesterday 
than I ever have in my life. And this is contributing to my general sense of Caitlin gets weepy. I get rageful because, and this is why I say that I'm worried about how I'm going to be when this is over. (laughs) Cause I generally view my misanthropy was around a three normally, you know, just the general day to day of living in a big city. And it's like slow walkers, getting crammed on a bus with people, shit like that. Now I generally just kind of view people as vermin. Who like... No, there's there's lots of good people, though. Who can't... I'm talking to one right now, but I mean, that's... I also know she's, in, she's intelligent. Um, when I see these people who, like, don't respect what we're all trying to do right now, like, hey, credit to the parking lot, Quinceañeras. There hasn't been much of a fuss out back at that parking lot in a while. But like when I'm at this, this didn't happen. This trip to shoppers, the previous trip to shoppers, if granted it's my neighborhood, but if I can smell the cigarette smoke caked into your grimy Celtics jacket, you're too fucking close. (laughs) Back the fuck up. Yeah. I, I, I believe I mentioned it on the last, um, pod we did, but, there was definitely a moment where Chris and I were walking and this whole, this, we were walking along a pedestrian path along what we call the mountain brow. So you could sort of see all of downtown Hamilton. It's a really pretty walk, but we kept, made sure we were like kept on the move. There were, you know, quite a few people out there, but everyone was maintaining social distancing. If you, the path narrowed, you would either wait for people to pass or you would just like walk on the road and everyone was like, thanks, thanks. Like, like we understood what was going on. There was this family who was blocking the entire path. Like they were talking to some friends and they had like three kids and they just blocked the entire path. And Chris and I couldn't go anywhere because there was a bunch of cars on the road. So we had to just wait. And they looked at us like we were insane. And I was like, I don't want one of your snotty, gross, vector of disease children to cough near my face. And then I, I get sick. And I, I almost wanted to be like, what, which isn't fun. Like, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. And eventually they moved to the side, but it was like this big deal. It was like every other person, I would say like 85% of the people we've met on this walk understands what's going on here. See, I don't it, understand why you are the exception. That's and, the problem I have. When people think they're the exception, when it says, don't go to your cottage and someone's like, oh, well, we're the exception. We go to the cottage every year. Well, maybe, Sharon, you can't go to the cottage this year. Fuck off. And this highlights the key difference between Caitlin and myself. Caitlin says, I wanted to be like Jordan does. (laughs) Yeah. It's only because I'm chicken shit. Don't. Well, I just, and again, again, I think I'm the exception, and I'm not going to get punched in the face one day. Um, He was probably an older man. Cause I barely looked at him is the other thing. I was just, I had my shit. I'm already stressed out from the experience of the shoppers. Cause it's like, I don't know. I was, I'm already grumbling to myself. It's like, why the fuck did I try to do anything on a Saturday? Like I'm already like, like it's impossible to maintain social distance in that, you know, building in that store. It's like, yeah, they do a good job. But then it's like when the farther cashier opens and I have to walk, like brush against the grandma to get past her to get to the cashier, well, it just defeats the whole purpose. So I'm already, like, stressed out from all that shit. 
and I come out of the shoppers and I was trying to like get the shit into like my reusable bag and I'm walking and some guy is like wandering close to me and he's talking, but I can't hear him cause I have the headphones in and he's like clearly talking to me. And without looking at him, I just said, I could not give less of a fuck about what you have to say and just kept walking. Aww. So that's where I'm You're at. So, late. so that's where I'm at. Um, you, you wanted to take a brief moment to talk about, uh, people whose rage is manifesting in the form of protest? Well, no, I want to... I have a policy, which is... (laughs) I will never wish someone to die, unless it's in a joking manner. Occasionally, I'll tell people, they're like, fuck off and die. But it's 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 always... It's a good policy, Kate. It's a good policy. it's It's just a joke. Otherwise, I don't... It doesn't matter what they do. Even I know people who are like, I wish Trump would just die. I don't even wish death on Trump. I I think it's maybe a witch thing. Just don't curse people, right? Because it's just going to come back to you. Like, just don't do it. Um, but there are these people, specifically in the United States, who are protesting. There's almost two different camps. One is a camp where they're like, this is an infringement on our freedoms to do what we want. And the other camp is this camp where there's like, oh, no, the other camp was was in B.C. And theirs was COVID-19 is a conspiracy. And, and they're, they're, they're basically anti-vaxxers. That was, they're, in, they're, that was in British Columbia, you say? That was in British Columbia. It huh. wasn't a ton, and, ton of people yet, but apparently so, they're like gathering people to go on these protests. In B.C., you and say? Though, though I have never wished death on someone and I I wouldn't I definitely had a moment where I was like I want them to recover but I hope you get really ill <laughs> like I from COVID-19 like and again I shouldn't be saying that but there's part of me that's like it's like the woman who didn't get her kids vaccinated and then her kids got whooping cough and she was like I've been an idiot like I just want there to be this aha moment I don't actually care what it comes from I just want a moment where they go oh I've been wrong or I've been an idiot that's what I want I don't want people to die I don't even want people to get necessarily injured or hurt or be sick I just want there to be understanding which just seems to be the biggest problem um but Kate yeah my freedom yeah, I, but no. My freedom, Kate. No, no freedom. Um, we Proud only get freedom to be if we're an American. Well, at least I know I'm free. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's, you know, and that's part of the, just watching the United States is just, it's heartbreaking and it's also frustrating and it, it like is, I, I want to weep. Like it, it is bringing me to tears just what's going on with i mean we could talk about trump all day long but just even his saying that like uh you know free wisconsin um yeah like what the fuck that's what drove me yesterday it was like you're seriously out there like while you're telling while you're on the one one side of your mouth you're saying you're gonna like you know work with the governors to like reopen the states the second you see somebody that you you can dog whistle into voting for you in November, you like completely puke some garbage out of the other side of your mouth. 
Also, the yeah. fucking, like, they're starting ads now that are clearly, they want to rally the base against China. Like, who's going to be tougher on China? Because it's China's fault. Well, there, I have some thoughts about that. Which is, <laughs> it is partly China's fault. Shots fired! Shots fired! They, they should have, they, well, after SARS, they closed down the wild meat industry, which... They should have kept clothes. It was the reason why SARS existed and a lot of these diseases. They knew that, and they reopened them anyways. So that's the issue. I don't have anything against people who are Chinese because it's not their fault, but the Chinese government does have a lot to answer for. And, I mean, I feel, um, I feel the I, same way about the World Health Organization because, like – as someone who was planning international travel and checking the World Health Organization, yeah, they really seem to be against travel restrictions for a lot longer than they should have. Like, that's yeah, a thing a that happened. They were saying, like... Influenced from China. Um, so it, I think there are a lot of people at fault. I don't think at the moment pointing fingers is going to help. I just don't want things to be forgotten, right? Like, the fact that the wet markets have several times now caused uh, pandemics um, is a problem. It needs to be looked at. They need to make changes, permanent changes. And, you know, there have been bases in China who've been asking for changes for years now um, and, and were really opposed to wet markets being reopened. Um, so that needs to be looked at, the source, not just how it's handled, which is, of course, another part of the issue but where are these things coming from um because these you know the flu major diseases in our world are actually caused by other animals so how do we approach it so that this doesn't happen more regularly burn them all because in the last in the last 10 years it's happened like a number of times um this one has just been the worst so hopefully after this and the other problem is, is China's a superpower. How do you approach a superpower to be like, you done fucked up, right? How do you approach a superpower um, that makes ever, all of your stuff? like? Yeah, like all the respirators, right? And maybe we should also be looking at that, you know, our, our how we're making things. How do we make things for ourselves? I know it's much more complicated than that. Than that but anyways, again, much bigger conversations that are not fun and not nerdy. No. I mean, they are nerdy <laughs> to a point. But <laughs> we are, ve we are veering about, off the course here. Let's talk about international economics, everyone. Um, but all I was, so saying, anyways, all I was yeah. saying about the World Health Organization is like, yeah, I can, I can look at like, even at the time for myself when it was like, well, what are they saying? Should I think about this trip? And they're like, it's fine. We don't recommend travel restrictions, blah, blah, blah. And being like, that seems odd, but you can do that and also recognize what uh dipshit is trying to do by cutting their funding and painting them as a villain. Like, right. Like the mess in America is not the WHO's fault. It's your fault. And you are incapable of accepting any responsibility for that. Or just owning your shit, like, so, like, if you can't see through that and you're just, like, my freedom and want to go, like, congregate in a group in front of the governor's, <laughs> governor's mansion, like, that's on you, America. But just, like, it really highlights just how baffling to me and to a lot of the world, you know, in our 
pinko uh, utopias, that certain like strand of individualism, that that fraudulent sense of exceptionalism that America is built on, like. America is a full is like and that's not full it's not everybody but like there's a there's a big strand of America that believes they are the exception and now you see what happens when you have an entire country filled with people who think they are they are the exception and when like the lightest push to like try and avoid a catastrophe is put on you your instinct is is to you know yelp my freedom and you know throw on the camouflage hat and hit the hit the streets like <laughs> Yeah. Not everybody and, who do, and, not everybody who wears camouflage hats is a freedom. Stone Cold Steve Austin is a wonderful human being. <laughs> um, That's a I segue, really Kate. Interesting is that their um, authorities, the authorities, um, are taking very serious when like someone will cough on them to like like they're arresting them. For, it's not terrorism, but they're basically <laughs> arresting them for like biological. Might be biological terrorism, but in a couple cases in the United States, people have been like, I got the COVID-19. I'm going to cough on these police officers who are arresting me. They're taking it really seriously. So I at least am, um, appreciate that. So not much news happening in the world, but there is one thing I wanted to uh, talk about. Okay. I, I actually have an entire page of notes here because I, <laughs> I wanted to get it correct. Um, so. I wish a week could go by on this program where I don't have to talk about wrestling. But after singing oh. the praises of the uh, lemonade making that the WWE made, yeah. did, made, with WrestleMania this year, with the incorporation of cinematic matches and just getting her done in the empty arena, they, on Wednesday... Well, a bunch of things happen. It's just been a real bad look for the WWE. Um, so I'm going to blow through this as quickly as possible. And I haven't told Kate about any of this because I just want her live reactions to how ridiculous it is. So uh, I mentioned last time or recently I mentioned on the show that like they were running out of um, pre-taped content. You know, they taped a bunch of shit in advance before a lot of the stay-at-home orders came out. And... You know, what were they going to do? And I was like, hopefully they just kind of, like, take a break and let people chill and, like, be with their families. No, no. In the state of Florida, the WWE, as part of a larger mandate for, like, you know, certain sports and entertainment uh, organizations, has been deemed an essential business. What? Right. This announcement came on the same day that a political action committee headed by Vince McMahon's wife, Linda McMahon, uh, pledged to donate $18 million in the state of Florida. So, yeah, probably just a coincidence. Yeah. I'm sure. sure. So we had that, which was already a bad look. So now you're active, you know, you're saying you're going to put your employees at risk. People have already tested positive um, in the WWE organization, and they're quick to come out and say, like, right. it's never anybody who was in contact with every, anyone, like, blah, 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 blah. We don't believe you. And there were, and then they announced that I don't have the exact figure on this, but they've gone back and forth on saying whether or not they were going to broadcast live or not, because they have these like ridiculously lucrative television contracts, especially when they signed a deal with Fox this year or last year, which was going to put them on like major network, no cable, no nothing. Just like Friday nights on Fox, you have WWE programming and right. 
that deal was worth a ridiculous amount of money. It made Vince McMahon a billionaire at that point with that deal. Um, and there's apparently clauses in these contracts that say they can only do X amount of tape shows per year. Now, in a pandemic, right. would they hold them to that? I don't know. Who knows? But messing with that could devalue, could have Im- impacts on the stock prices, et cetera, et cetera. So the, I, I think they've gone back and forth. I think they said they were going to go back to live, and then now they're saying they're taping in batches. Um, right. So they might do one live, tape another one, and then broadcast that the next week type of thing. Anyway, none of that is the main bullet point here, and this is all just preamble to like all the other stuff that was swirling around when they decided to lay off over 50 people. Sorry, not lay off, fire. They furloughed oh. a bunch of producers and outright fired. I'm rounding up. It might not be 50, but it's close to, and more names come out every day. Um, last number I saw was 22 wrestlers. Um, now granted post WrestleMania is usually cut season. Wouldn't that normally happens regardless, but there are a bunch of people here that are like upper mid card, including people who like wrestled this week. This wrestler, Sarah Logan, like worked a match on raw this week. And then two days later was fired. And they're trying to play this as like, you know, a cost cutting, you know, it was a cost cutting measure, you know, blah, blah, blah. We lost the revenue from WrestleMania. We're not doing live events. You know, we're losing all this revenue. There's a site. And this is why I have a page of notes. There's a site called WrestleNomics. And the guy who runs that, he's just straight numbers. He's like, this is what the numbers say. By right. what, by, I've taken earnings reports and projections and, you know, gate, no, gate totals and whatever else. And I, I look at the numbers and this is what they say. So I think for the laying off all this talent, firing all this talent was, I think, believe supposed to recoup them. It was a fall. As I've already heard this number debunked. But it was supposed to recoup them about $8 million um, okay. in salaries. They're not, they're not paying. Um, so WrestleNomics reported before the cuts happened as COVID was really like, you know, exploding and having an impact on the business that if the WWE didn't run any live events for the rest of the year, any live events. I think that's even including Saudi Arabia shows. They still oh. show they would they would lose about forty two million dollars if they didn't do any any live events. Right. But would still show profits of one hundred and twenty seven million. Jesus. Okay. This- that's that's a record setting profit. So even if you paid these people. You're, you're still making $110 million on the year type of thing. And what makes this even grosser is, I don't even know if we've brought it up on Mike before, but I know I've talked to Kate about it, how like they were just hoarding talent and not letting people out of their contracts because they didn't want right. them to go to AEW because there was a viable alternative to them now with deep pockets that could pay them a comparable salary. So for some of these people, there was no reason for them to stay. The Revival, this tag team that like was begging for a release forever, finally got one. Do you think there's any coincidence between all these people getting, you know, sloughed off at a time economically when AEW can't open the pocketbooks and re-sign them all? Or there are no other places they can really go right now because everybody's cautious? This is the only sports league or sports organization, like every sports organization is not having events right now. And the WWE is the only one to lay anybody off. I keep saying lay. I keep saying laying off. That's a terrible word. Firing. They fired people. They ended their contracts. They're firing them. Yeah. That's awful. All of this is garbage. 
And <laughs> it's just, it's the grossest shit. They're calling it Black Wednesday. It was like, I don't know how blind to the optics you have to be or maybe they just maybe they do maybe they just think it'll blow up in what they call the IWC the internet wrestling community and they'll have a little they'll have a blow up about it and but the core people you know their core their their ba- you know their base are they even going to notice if Rusev isn't on television anymore probably not um but just the craven greed involved here. And also apparently they were building a new, they were going to build a new headquarters and most of the savings they're getting from not um, having running live events and losing out the WrestleMania paydays is by postponing the building of the headquarters. Like they stopped that type of capital expenditure to recoup that money. Right. That's where all the, that's where most of the savings are coming from. Not from this piddly 8 million that they're going to save. By not, you know, paying people. Two guys who were in, they were like AJ Styles, like crew. They were in that fucking Boneyard match. They played a huge role in that Boneyard match at WrestleMania. Ten days later, they're fired. This, I, I can't, I don't have words. I actually don't have words. I'm not stunned, like, I'm not surprised. But I'm just surprised that this isn't plastered everywhere and and they're not being shamed basically it's it's popping up more places than they would probably like i think i saw a piece on forbes i'm i would love to see um john oliver has taken shots at them before for things like the lack of health care um and how the worker the talents treated like independent contractors who like you know they have to pay for their own hotel rooms and transportation and shit like that um so i would i I'm hoping when John Oliver gets word of this, they take another run at him because so so many levels of growth. Yeah, man, I'll just tweet at him. Um, so many levels the, of growth. You could be the here. whistleblower they deserve. I was so happy when John Oliver got his uh, painting of rat erotica <laughs> this week. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, we we talked about it really briefly before the we started recording, but I, I mean, I. I know there have been articles on it and people have said some things, but where are the billionaires and millionaires stepping up specifically like the sports stars? Like maybe it's, you mentioned maybe it's not getting reported, but we kind of need good news right now. And, and, you know, obviously there are a couple of them who've like gone to their private islands um, and don't care. Um, But I just, I guess I expected more. Um, and in, we talked about that, that meme that's sort of been going around about why don't we just um, kill all the billionaires and take their money? Um, and I don't think that's, I mean, again, don't, not really wishing death on people, but hey, if it's going to help everybody else. Times is hard, y'all. So yeah, yeah. that was the, that was the one. Mm-hmm specifically my type of nerdy story from the week. Um, so who knows? Who knows what happens there? And I mean, is it possible that some of these wrestlers could get rehired in six months? I mean, maybe. Maybe that's what they're planning maybe, to some or extent. Maybe they won't want to and they'll go off and join the other league. I mean, yeah, who? it'll be interesting. And like some of these dudes, like a guy named Mike Kyoto, who was a ref, he worked as a referee. Worked with the company for 30 years. Like, what's he supposed to do now? Like, not a huge market for wrestling referees, I would imagine. 
this guy Heath Slater, who I mean, he was never like a main eventer or anything, but like he had kind of moved into like. The other thing you need to remember is for a lot of these cats who like maybe aren't wrestling on TV every week, they're like the ones going and visiting like elementary schools when you know they tour through town or whatever, doing the charity, you know, doing the charity work, making the public appearances, talking to local media, like doing all that shit. And like I, the, this guy Heath Slater, he had kind of transitioned into doing like you know, hosting content on their network. He'd been with the company for like 20 years and close to that. Oh, that's who else got fired. Both of the uh, guys who did the uh, toy videos. No, not those guys. Ryder and Hawkins. Yeah, they both got, they both got fired. Um, And again, as, as had I seen them on television in the past, like, you know, four years? No, but like, you know, solid guys who always did what they were, always did what they were asked to do. And like, nope. Bye. Nothing for you. Cost cutting. Times are hard. Pandemic. That really makes me hate it. So. <sighs> Wrestling is fucked. And, uh, yeah. On the one hand, Vince McMahon, you built an industry that's brought me uh, a lot of joy in my life. But on the other hand, it was the performers who brought me the joy. Not you. Fuck you, old man. There's, well, that, there's there's a gif <laughs> there's a gif of uh i don't even know some i don't even know what angle they were doing but it's a vince mcmahon literally like smelling a stack of money and like that gif has just been like everywhere this week he probably really regrets that image being out there because it's just, every tweet every article that's come with this is just that image of vince mcmahon like maniacally sniffing a, a bundle of money Uh, hey, down with capitalism, but not when it makes us happy, which is the only thing that uh, I tried to continue my run of e-commerce this week. Okay, but that's, commerce is not capitalism. <laughs> okay. Well, it involves, it, Amazon, it involves Amazon to an extent, so it does involve capitalism. Because here's my thing with Amazon, because I don't buy from Amazon often. When this whole thing of, like, people just using Amazon to sell their shit started, when the Amazon Marketplace started, what is this bullshit? Like, what are you mistreating your employees for, Amazon? What do you even sell? The last four times I've tried to buy something off Amazon, I ain't buying it from Amazon. I'm buying it from Chinese company X. (laughs) Does not apply for for free shipping. Like, you got to, like, scroll through, like, 15 options to find, you know, shipped and sold by Amazon.ca. What are in these warehouses where the people work for 17 cents a day and no bathroom breaks? Like, like you're trying to replace all these people with robots to, like, do what? What are they shipping? There's nothing there. I'm not buying from you. I took someone, someone was talking to me about Amazon a while ago, and I took what they said to heart. And I'd heard, slowly more stories came out about how horrible they were to their employees. And so I haven't bought anything from Amazon for months now. Um, and I'm not disparaging those that do. There's lots of different circumstances. I've just, I've been much more aware of um, what I'm buying and where I am buying it from, even if it's the an online marketplace. Um, and I actually, I found that a lot of the stuff I might be interested in on Amazon, I'm actually getting either better deals from in other places or they just don't have what I'm looking for. Um, well, all I wanted was I, was just, I wanted some masks because um, they're going to be more mandatory 
in certain situations regardless. And I don't even know where I could go in a brick and mortar to find them. Um, so I just went to like, and I'm, you know, I'm not looking for like N95s or anything like that. Just like a standard, like, you know, cloth covering like the Korean girls wear when they don't want to be recognized. Um, that type of shit. So I just, you know, five, five pack bestseller on Amazon. It was like $7 or something shipping from China. Oh my God. All the one star reviews are like, this product comes from China. It's like, yeah, calm down, Carol. Like it's, you're, you're going to wash it regardless. Like, I'm sorry. We're just planning on throwing it on your face straight out of the box. Like, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? It's coming from China. It's filled with virus. Cool, cool it. That's that's where all the one star all the one star reviews on this said like uh, this product ships from China. Yeah, and so does like ninety percent of the shit in your house. Like, calm down. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, like Lord knows when they're going to show up, and it's like what I noticed was like it said they were like you know from what is probably some like boutique Brooklyn company, organic labs type of thing, and there's a note on there that says like you know make sure you're buying from organic labs and it's like that is like buried in some like drop down menu that's like not even readily apparent and then you click through you have to like go to all the buying options and then at the bottom for $30 are the ones from organic labs and it's like it's the exact same shit it's cotton it's cotton on your face i just don't want to have to fold a towel over my face <laughs> like so fuck amazon yeah in well, general basically fuck amazon um I currently have five packages of records on their way here from various wow. corners of the globe. That's a lot. Two from Japan, two packages from Japan, no, three packages from Japan, because the one dude, I think, split it into two packages. Um, one package from Mondo, which does a lot of, like, niche uh, soundtrack sellings i talked myself out of the katamari damage soundtrack because they have free global shipping this weekend talk myself out of katamari damage but they did or damachi but they did have seaside lovers which is a one-off three giants of city pop a record that normally goes for an og for like 600 dollars for 25 dollars us so thank you please and i then, mean hmm? i was gonna give you a hard time but then i remembered i spent 80 dollars on books so, you went back for books? I thought you didn't buy the books. Well, here's the problem. Here is the problem. <laughs> I have a hard time reading books on a tablet or a book e-reader. Yes. I just, I don't know what it is. I'm, I guess I'm old school. I have tried, and I did read um, the Uno you know, Diaz book on the ta- on my tablet. Mm. Um, but I did find it harder to get into for sure. Um, and there's also, I, I really don't like e-readers or something. I just find the print is hard to see. I, anyway. And I, so I can't access books that way. And I would get them from like a secondhand book seller, except I'm terrified of bed bugs. Terrified of bed bugs? Yeah. So for long time listeners of the show, um, you know that a couple of years oh, ago I got right. bed bugs. And it didn't just affect us. It obviously affected our housemates as well. Um, and we do not know where we got them from. I had borrowed books from the library, 
right before we left for our trip from Europe. Mm. Um, uh, Chris had used a laundromat. I take the bus basically every day, um, or I used to. Um, it could have come from anywhere, but I know I have, and I have talked to many people about this that the library and used books have a tendency to have bed bugs in them. Not a tendency, sorry, that's the wrong use of the word. They can have bed bugs in them. Have been known um, to occasionally cause yes. bed bugs. And Hamilton has or had a bed bug problem. Um, and same with Toronto. There's been sort of a resurgence because they stopped using, this is from what I remember, they stopped using DDT, which is a chemical that is great at getting rid of bugs, but also causes a lot of harm to humans and other animals. Um, so they're, the chemicals that they use are not as heavy duty. So there's sort of been this resurgence. Um, and ever since then, I cannot borrow books from the library and I cannot get them secondhand because I'm just so scared. And there's no way to get rid of bed bugs. Even if you're, some people have been like, oh, you just, you put the books in the freezer for 48 hours, not cold enough. <laughs> Um, some people are like, you heat it. I'm like, okay, so the book's going to get set on fire. <laughs> um, so there's really no way to do, to get rid of bed bugs. Um, unless you have like some crazy deep freeze and you put it in there for like a week, but that's ridiculous. So I bought new books and, um, cause I am slowly running out of books. Um, we can't have that. No, we cannot have that. Um, and I've I've finished a couple more books, so I'm sort of like I'm getting. Hey, let's be honest here. I'm definitely like there are still books on my bookshelf, but I don't know that it's gonna last. And there are some I've really wanted to read for a long time. So I finally broke down, and I I, I asked Chris first, just so I knew I wasn't being crazy. I was like, Can I spend eighty dollars on books? He's like, Yeah, sure. <laughs> Why not? You're not doing anything else, so I can't really say anything to you about your um, e-commerce adventures. Well, I mean, yesterday was supposed to be a uh, record store day anyway, and I wanted to support uh, local business, but local business didn't have what I wanted. So they, it's good that they were sold out. <laughs> I, had to, I had to support local Hong Kong business. Shouts to white noise records. I swear to God. It's like my spirit just took form as a brick and mortar record store. They just always have the shit. Maybe Maybe you shouldn't be going to Japan. Maybe you should go to Hong Kong. I said that to someone. I was like, man, I just go to this one store and just fucking cake up from White you Noise could, Records. You could technically, if you, you know, save some of your trip money, you could probably go to both. Yeah. With the deals that they're going to have on flights after this whole thing, <laughs> go to both. Yeah, who, who, we will see about that. Um, so, since there's no news... And we're mostly done t talking about our depression and the WWE. <laughs> yes. Maybe we should get into the things we consumed this week. Oh, I got some good ones. You want to go first? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm going to go because I, I mentioned uh, some of the books. Um, so I, I have finished some books, but also I am almost finished some other books. One of them is uh, To Speak for the Trees by Diana Beresford Kroger. Um, she is, she grew up in Ireland and she grew up learning a lot of like the old Celtic tradition, um, which a lot of it has to do with, um, using the environment and the plants 
around you um, to sort of heal what ails you, basically, um, and also other uh, sort of, you could say it's sort of like old wives' tales, I guess, or old knowledge. Um, and then she became a, a, a biologist and um, a pharmacist, something like that. Anyways, I'm reading about it right now um, when she went to university. And she basically took, like, there was something about, like, this type of seaweed can do X, Y, and Z for you. And she discovered through researching, through using the knowledge at the University of Cork that she went to um, in Ireland, that these were real properties. And the stuff that she had been described in sort of old knowledge was actually pharmaceutically, like, viable. Like, there was proof um, through the biology of, of the plants. And, um, and she's become sort of this advocate for uh, specifically um, trees and forests. And she now lives in Ottawa with her husband. Um, and she's this big ad um, environmentalist ad advocate um, at how trees are so important for, you know, our lives and, and maintaining the world. Um, I haven't got to that part yet, but I'm very excited. Um, it's really, really well written. Um, it takes you very much, it's very much like a story, um, but it is autobiographical um, and is really cool. And what is that um, book called again? This, this one's called To Speak for the Trees by Diana Beresford Kroger. Um, the subtitle is My Life's Journey from Ancient Celtic Wisdom to a Healing Vision of the Forest. So that's been a really cool read. And then um, I've started reading um, Warlock by Jim Starlin. Uh, the complete collection, which Jesus. a friend had got me. Um, I'm actually, like, the art in this is fantastic. It's very, like, classic. Um, oh, yeah. Like, who, it is, who, who like, wants I, to get, Who I wants to get cosmic weird Marvel? Yeah, and I kind of love it. Um, and the colors are just wild. So, yeah, I'm really enjoying this sort of weird space marvel um and like the old types of drawings i think they're really cool anyways um so yeah that's what i'm reading at the moment um and besides the reading i've watched more episodes of the toys that made us um father brown of course um i ran out of shetland and i am devastated <laughs> um there, I, I've talked about the show before. Um, it started on YouTube. Um, it's called Unsolved, yes. but they've moved to Amazon. Um, it's the so, which show, I think right? is really cool. Yeah, I found out even my boss has started watching the show, and she really likes it. Um, they're really cool because they they just talk about these sort of unsolved cases. Um, and the two guys, um, Ryan and I can't remember the other guy's name. They just have a really good dynamic and are both idiots. <laughs> like they just they they even say that about themselves that they're both just dummies um, who talk about these these cases. Um, so that's a lot of fun. And uh, speaking of fun, um, Harley Quinn's second season has been. It's only we only watched two episodes, but the second episode of second season has got to be one of my favorites. I love how it continues to to be unbelievably gory. Like I forget how violent it is, and it just delights me over and over again. Um, 
So yeah, that that's sort of the TV I've watched. Um, movies. Movies. Uh, I watched some. I think I mentioned I watched some Tangled. Uh, so some Disney's been on the menu because it's just like cups, right? Like yes. I know all the lines. Um, uh, speaking of a cump, we were watching the senior correspondent and I were watching the toys that made us the episode about Ninja Turtles. Mm. And we were like, we haven't seen that movie in a long time. I wonder how it holds up. It holds up really well. The first one? Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's really good. It's a solid. So Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like it's not. And the other thing is, I didn't know it was an independent film. Um, kind it of, also yeah. Had, it was like though, Golden Heart. It's like the Chinese uh, Kung Fu Company, maybe. Did they distribute and, it and or produce also, it? But they also, like, were – the reason the, the suits were so good was because it was Jim Henson. Yeah. Who did, who did the suits, which I didn't know. Um, and, like, even the suits, like, I was like, that's really well done. There are moments where you're like, oh, that's silly. But really, for a movie from the from, – from 90, I think. It was 1990. 1990, yeah. I was like, wow, that's really good. The – Live action show was not. We took a, a look at like the intro or something or the the uh, theme, and I was like, "Oh no, that is not something I am ever watching." Um, and finally, there, I've been playing some games. Games. Though, so, so, so one of the things I've tried to do with some friends um, was is so there's a large group of us. So there's four of us in the house who are housemates, but also friends. And we have friends, Scott and Victoria, who live in Toronto. And we were trying to play a group game. There is nothing out there. Weirdly. Like, just like a six-person... There's like Ticket to Ride, I think, for like online board games. Mm-hmm. But there's really nothing out there. We ended up doing um, Jackbox games. I don't know if you know of those no they're basically you have it on um the main screen is the tv screen and then everyone uses their phones Mm. to participate in the game so one is a drawing game where you have to draw stuff on your phone and then the next person continues and you rate like how good it is one of them is um you it's called fibbage you like make up um fibs about you know definitions or uh, a headline or whatever and they're fun, but we had to stream the TV downstairs so that Scott and Victoria could see it, um, which was okay. There was a little bit of lag, but it was okay. Um, but I would think that not just with the what's going on right now, but just in general how people have sort of like been connecting for the last, you know, five, ten years through online platforms, that there would be more games you could play that were kind of like family friendly i mean you can i suppose you could just jump on an mmo but not everyone wants to do that and not everyone can do that um and they take a lot of investment right um but i would just expect that you could have like even on roll 20 there are a couple games but nothing good and a lot of them do not cater to six people so it was just, it's really interesting that there's not more out there. There was a lot of like four people games, but not six people. So if you have suggestions, <laughs> please, please let me know either on Facebook or by email or Twitter. Just 
smoke signal, pigeon. I don't just, just let me know if you have any options. I was just really disappointed. It took us a lot to like sort of figure out what we were going to do. I thought there would be way more options on. Um, I I have a Steam account now. I like went on. I'm <laughs> oh, yeah. looking at stuff, and there was there weren't there wasn't as much as I was hoping for. Um, and no one wants to pay like a you know seventy five dollar game for. <laughs> no, you'd for, rather buy records. Uh, You'd rather buy records or books. Anyway, so, yeah, that was just really uh, interesting. Um, also, I need people to step up and start putting old movies online, whether it's Amazon or Netflix. Can you please start bu- buying old movies? Like, I cannot find the classic Judge Dredd. I've never seen it, and Chris is, like, devastated. And we were Cla- trying to find classic? it. Well, I mean, fine, the old Judge Dredd. Um, and I liked Dread so much that he's like, oh, you're going to love, like, just the, the stupidness mm. of this movie. Um, and he, we can't find it. We can't find anywhere to, to to stream it from. So also, if you have, like, a, you know where we can stream it from, please let us know. But also, like, Netflix, come on. Come on. <laughs> Anyways, that's all the stuff I've consumed this week. Well, you ended with games. I'll start with games. I don't even know how I got onto it. It may have been an ad on Instagram or like a featured ad on, on or where I was looking or what, but I started playing one of these, you know, there's only like three types of mobile games out there in the world. Um, right. And one of those brands of mobile games are like, uh, gotcha based RPGs. And I started playing one this week called Epic seven, which is not a new game. It's been out since 2018, I think. Um, and it's actually just, I'm sure there are, you know, pay-to-win experiences in here, but it's really just kind of, like, meaty from, like, a management upgrade inventory type of, like, all. you look at my rhythm games and you, like, look at the home screen and go, like, oh, my God, there are so many things. This game would make your, like, head explode. Um, (laughs) There's... The main, you know, there's the main quest. There are side quests for certain characters. There is PvP, which I don't really fucks with too much. There's um, a whole guild element multiplayer thing that I don't mess with that much because my party's not that strong. There's hunt. There's material hunting. There's like you know the tower, you know that thing where it's like you just floor after floor on a tower and like the enemies get progressively more difficult uh you grind out you know to grind for materials and experience and shit like that plus all the love of gambling that i love you know um and the type of like as you do attacks you build up souls and then you can burn the souls for better attacks for better versions of your you know standard attacks or you can you know summon whatever you want to call them i guess they'd be called summons you know they call them guardians but you know your, your big summon creature type of thing um, and just all the various ways you can upgrade their skills, you can upgrade the armor, you can upgrade them and promote them. So even if you get like a junkie, I don't have a good healer, but apparently one of the three stars that I drew or that I gambled for, like, cause yeah, I read the meta sometimes. Apparently if you like really invest your resources into her, she can turn into like a, de- a pretty decent healer. You just have to like grind and promote her like three times. Um, so just all the finicky ways you can like resource manage and build up your characters and shit like that it's been it's been a pretty decent experience um so i mean cheap is free you don't have to spend any money unless you really get addicted to gambling right Um, which which i do but i'm usually i just 
also has an auto mode where you can just kind of like play it and it'll like the game will play itself. Uh, and I just unlocked the Hall of Trials, apparently. <laughs> a- another mode, Kate. Also, I mentioned this on Twitter. I really like that the um, the lobby is like your party sitting around a table in a pub and the lighting corresponds to the IRL time of day. That's just really comfy to me. Wow, that is actually really cool. This is not new. This is not. This is not mind-blowing technology. But the first time I logged in at 7 p.m. or whatever, and noticed that it was like candlelit and night out, <laughs> I was like, oh, "That's so nice." Um, so that's Epic Seven. That's available for Android and iOS. Um, continuing, actually, no, I'm gonna move move some shit around here. We'll go in order of operations here. The most interesting. Um, I did not know, I did not see it when it came out and I don't know why I felt compelled to watch it. It just came up on my Netflix and I was like, well, let that roll for an episode. Not a fun watch. Couldn't recommend for a lot of people, but surviving R. Kelly is on Netflix now. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just going to say it right now. I'm sorry, Jordan. Don't watch that. Everyone don't watch it. I don't, don't watch it. Um, I know we had a big long episode for patrons once when uh, Leaving Neverland came out, discussing uh, the impact of that and our enjoyment of Michael Jackson. Um, yeah, probably can't probably can't bump the remix to Ignition anymore. Yeah, <laughs> probably refuse. Also, he's still alive and could profit off of it, so that's I guess that's one thing about it. Um, yeah. Oh, what a monster! Anyway, moving on. I was also just watching it more to see like who would appear on it, like the folks who would appear on it to be like, yeah, no, nah, like, like John Legend's on it. And he's like, cause there was always, there was such a, like everyone knew, but nobody said anything for the longest time. Right. So just to see that, I'm just curious to see who's out there now just being like, yeah, no, that was fucked up. And I don't care if <laughs> I don't care anymore. Yeah. Um, shouts to John Legend. Um, that came up on my feed because I was watching something that had just dropped this weekend. You'd probably be furious to hear me making the segue <laughs> that Netflix is pairing the two. Actually, I don't think they paired the two. I think it was just like a new on Netflix type thing and they ended up close to each other. But uh, the guy who created Blackish, uh, Kenya Barris, has a new Netflix show. Right. Is that the one that's Black as Fuck? Black as Fuck, yes. Um, yeah. It's. I've seen some trailers for it and stuff. It's pretty good, but I saw somebody mention that he's basically playing like he's playing himself. I've never seen him act before. I don't even know if he really has acted before. Um, and he's kind of playing a Black Larry David to a certain extent. I saw like Archie Bunker at first, like right. It's him. He's you know super. He's, him and his family, Rashida Jones plays his wife. It's he's now milked his <laughs> his personal life for two shows because Blackish was kind of based on his um you know family life, and now he's doing like the version of his family life post blackish <laughs> right type of thing so it's like okay you mind it for two that's interesting um it's like got like six kids he's got the he's got the mixed wife in this case played by rashida jones um and they're like super rich and then the first couple episodes he's like really troubled by like flossiness and flexing like he talks like talking about white gays like to look, they make that joke a couple times. It's like yeah, homophobic is not a good look for you. It's like no gays like to look, um, <laughs> because the guy who created a it's then the whole setup is like it's a documentary that's being put together by one of his daughters to get into film school. So it'll be like, and they even acknowledge that he's a one trick pony. Like, <laughs> like well, the da- at least the, if you can be like self critiquing, I think that that's worth something. Yeah, the daughter's like, 
there's like, you know, my dad works in television. He's kind of a one trick pony <laughs> and it flashes like, you know, blackish mixed dish <laughs> grownish. Um, and then they, I can't remember his name, David Levitan, maybe like the guy who created modern family and like wrote for a million other things, including like Frasier and wings. And he's been around, he's been writing since the eighties on sitcoms and shit. It's like clearly not a one trick pony. <laughs> so they make those jokes and like, so they're leaving the Barrises are leaving the Sunday brunch and they're like, you know, fucking, it looks like a car I have in Grand Theft Auto. Like, it's just like this like fucking sports <laughs> car and he's in like, you know, sweats and Jordans and shit. Like, you know, he's in like Gucci sweats and Jordans and shit like that. And the guy who created modern family is leaving in like, you know, a, a Prius, you know, a hybrid SUV type of thing. And it's the kind of like, no, I, I, I couldn't pull off a car like that. Like, you know, yeah, that's, it's really, that's really impressive. Good for you. You're doing well. It's like, no, flaunt it. And he's like, he says throughout the episode, he's like, am I a C, like C dash? <laughs> I can't say the word in this context, but, um, right. you know, is he just doing some form of like performative blackness? Do what, do white people see him as doing some kind of form of performative blackness? And then it gets into like, why it will like drop a, you drop a gem on you on why to their mind, you know, to Barris's mind, why black people put so much um sort of emphasis on like dressing well and having the nice things and it goes back to the only time you were like you know treated nicely was when you were wearing your sunday best every episode of the show is like basically a variation on the term because of slavery right like episode one will be like because of slavery episode two also because of slavery and like by the time you get to like episode six it's like i don't want to alarm you (laughs) that's because of slavery (laughs) (laughs) um also, there's too many fucking characters. You got, like, six kids, and I don't think all of these kids are getting... <laughs> they're trying to make each of them unique, but, like, no, then we're not going to have time for all these kids. Um, <laughs> I have read that as the series goes on, the Barris character, there's a story arc where he starts getting shit for, like, not liking or for crit- publicly, publicly critiquing a, another black filmmaker. Right. And how that's something I've, like... I was fascinated by when I think the woman who made, uh, created the show transparent, uh, wrote a memoir and somebody had, somebody took shit for basically saying it wasn't good. Like she should automatically get a pass cause she's transgender. Right. Um, and how like, you know, just because you come from a marginalized community doesn't necessarily mean your shit's going to be good. Um, right. And that story arc, I'm curious to see how that story arc plays out in the show. Uh, as, as well, there's a scene in the trailer of him, like talking to like Shonda Rhimes and a bunch of people that forgive me. I don't recognize immediately by sight who are like, you know, just shit talking each other. <laughs> like what they see is like the, the, the bad, you know, creative decisions they made. But anyway, that like just dropped on, on Netflix. It is, it is fresh as the day. Um, dark side of the ring. Continue to watch that week to week on crave. When I remember they just had an episode about the, uh, alleged murder of Jimmy Snook, Superfly Snooka's girlfriend by Jimmy Superfly Snooka. Um, a story okay. I, di- I did not really know. The episode before that was about a infamous, infamously violent wrestler, New Jack from ECW and his insane life. But to see him with another guy um, named Mustafa in the early nineties, working as a tag team in like the South called the gangsters, basically telling the crowd fuck you white devils like woo, you want to get some heat wow that was fantastic um i mentioned last week i was gonna start making my way through uh the collected works of kyoto animation so i binged the first season of sound euphonium that was the big uh that was the big marquee event of this week 
And. It's great. It looks fucking gorgeous. I don't know the last time I saw a television, animated television show, look this good. It's not quite on, like, the level of, like, Asylum Voice or Violet Evergarden, but it's close to Violet Evergarden, the TV show. Like, it's, wow. uh, it's on that level. It is not, again, you want to talk about too many characters. Uh, a wind ensemble has a lot of fucking people in it. Uh, <laughs> so not everybody is getting their shine. And I also have a hard to. It's also flagrant. Yuri bait, which normally doesn't bother me. Um, but it's really like throwing it out there. Like it's almost like it wants to are be you, Are you saying there's no there's no kiss? There's no kiss. There's oh, well then there's like is. tracing a fingertip over the forehead along a nose. And I have no problem with the other problem is like Yuri bait's one thing. Like, you know, you're not you're not this is not Yuri on ice here. Um it's almost like it wants to be Yuri on ice with tubas, but it's not it doesn't quite reach those levels. Um, also, I don't know what anyone's, for a long time, I don't know what most characters' motivations are. And also, don't just throw two people together and be like, they're in love now. What? No. Why? Right. I do not believe in this relationship, lesbian or not. <laughs> like, I don't even care. I don't even buy why these two would, like, want to be friends. Because they're, quote, just friends. Um... Like, it's basically the crux is when they they went to middle school together and they were in a wind ensemble and they did not win. And the one who is clearly like, they like, you know, oh my God, all you care about is playing trumpet um, and being excited. You're the back, you're the back of go. You're the back of go of trumpet. You just want to be, you know, you want to be like exceptional and you're kind of a dick, although she's not totally a dick. So, I mean, I'll give her somewhat of a pass. Um, and our main character, who is also voiced by the woman who voices the bear from Bang Dream. I learned that and that made me excited. Um Great. I know way too much about voice actresses now. It's, it's I don't know what happened in my life. Hey, you have nothing else to do, right? right? Um, she says something about like, well, it's not like we were gonna make it to nationals, and like, trumpet girl is like, trumpet girl's name is Raina. Raina is like completely appalled by that, and like, why would you say that? Like, blah blah blah. Like, she honestly believed that they could make it when I think her name's Kumiko. Was like, no, we're just doing this. Like, you didn't actually think we were gonna make it, did you? Um. And they end up at the same uh, high school. They both end up joining. They get this teacher who's the new advisor. It's it's Glee, basically. It's like a play on Glee. So the new teacher comes in. And okay. his vibe is... <laughs> he's not... He's nice, but he's also a dick. Like, he walks in and he basically says, So what do you... There, and there was a thing that's never really clear about what happened the year before. Where, like... The first years wanted to get really serious, but the third years didn't care. And then a bunch of third years quit and like, it almost destroyed the club type of thing. So now the current third years went through that and they're like, you know, gun shy and not quite focused type of thing. Um, but when the new advisor comes in, his name's Tacky. He's like, so what do you want to do? Do you want to have fun? You know, last year you said your goal was you wanted to go to nationals. Do you want to do that? Or do you want to have fun? I'm cool either way. Like whatever you want to do. And then they take a vote and the majority says they want to try for nationals. He's like, okay, that's what we're doing. And then he will like make savage decisions about things and the kids will complain. And it's like, this is what it's supposed to be. The music's supposed to be playing fun. He's like, I asked you if you wanted to have fun. We could have had fun. But you said nationals. You said you wanted to go for that. So that's what we're doing. Um, 
and the one scene I did really enjoy, so there was one girl who, she was from the tennis club. Um, the, a lot of, like, the main, and here's the thing, like, I love, I do not buy Kumiko and Reina, but, like, Kumiko and her two other friends. I don't remember the one short hair girl's name. The other girl's name is Sapphire, which she hates. <laughs> her actual name is Sapphire. But she keeps telling everybody to call her Midori, which is Japanese for green. I know that now. I understand things. Um, <laughs> but Midori is tiny and plays contrabass, like the giant stand-up bass, which is amazing. Um, and the other friend, I don't know why she started playing tuba. <laughs> but she calls it tub- tuba cabra. Um, <laughs> she names her instrument. She calls it tuba cabra. And... <laughs> Eventually, she's just doing, they just have her doing drills. And I mean, drills on a tuba are like, boom, 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 boom. Like, she's bored. And there's a really cute scene where the other two grab her. And they're just like, do your drills. And she starts going like, boom, boom. And the other two play along with her. And it's just Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. But she hadn't played with anyone yet. Right. So when she plays with other people and it becomes like a song and it becomes music and she realizes what she's been doing. It was a cute little scene. It was sweet. I liked it. Um. So uneven, I don't know under normal circumstances if it's a show I would have given you. Maybe I just would have given it to you to be like, look how gorgeous this is. Um, but right. like nothing immediately is going to hook you into their like goal like Haikyuu did. Like it's not. You, you don't know. You sometimes <laughs> I never give know. me things you're like X, Y, Z. And I'm like, okay. And then I watch the whole thing. So you don't know. I'm really excited. I got a whole nother season in a movie to get to though. But Kate... <laughs> This yeah. is not the market, the marquee that we need to talk about this week. I do not, I enjoy games. I play games. I get my two hours in on, uh, on Grand Theft Auto Online every night. I, I hem and haw about buying the Final Fantasy remake every other day. Still have not purchased. I buy records instead. Um, but I am not one for, gaming culture i don't watch a twitch stream i don't broadcast twitch streams i don't know any of these youtubers or personalities who have made like their entire career like gaming yeah i know none of these people and i think what happened was i was on uh ace because i was watching all these like final fantasy videos a video from polygon uh, which was an interview with uh, Nobu Uematsu, the composer of the music on Final Fantasy, talking about how he wrote uh, One Winged Angel from Final Fantasy, which, I mean, if you know any Final Fantasy music, you know that song by name, but it's Sephiroth's theme, basically. Yeah. Like, Sephiroth walks on screen, you get scared because that music plays. Fun fact, he didn't write it in order. He just uh, wrote a bunch of cool like musical phrases down that he liked and put them together after the fact. Only time he's ever done that. And it worked out really well. Apparently. As, as he said to start the video, it's like, it's the one song we can't not play. Like, <laughs> if we do a Final Fantasy concert, they will riot if we don't play One Winged, <laughs> one, one Winged Angel. We have to play it. Um, so I think I was just getting, like, other Polygon videos, like, in the sidebar type of thing. And I just saw this image, and I went, what is that? And I clicked through, and I was baptized into the world of Monster Factory. Have you ever heard of Monster Factory? Um, no. So Monster Factory was a creation of the uh, McElroy family, which again, because I know nothing about gaming culture, that name meant nothing to me. But I remember the name from like people who are into more hardcore, like, you know, 
they're on discords for shit and like they watch Twitch streams and stuff. People I've worked with have mentioned this before. So the main McElroy is a guy named Griffin McElroy. He apparently founded, he co-founded Polygon itself, which I did not oh, know. So okay. I mean, shouts to him. I always thought Polygon was one of the better uh, video game journalism sites. And he has a podcast with two of his brothers called My Brother, My Brother and Me, which is apparently like a comedy sort of a somewhat pure and comfy um, comedy advice show, which I've never listened okay. to, but I know people who are fans of. Anyway, Monster Factory is where him and one of his brothers take the character creation tools from video games and try to make the most disgusting creatures they can make with the character creation tools. Why this doubly appeals to me is because there is no genre of game that has more robust character creation tools than wrestling games. Right? You can do nearly anything with the creator wrestler modes on WWE 2K. So this one I had stumbled into was, and then they have to play the game with the character. Um, It had the face of Gritty, the mascot from the Philadelphia Flyers. You know, that horrible, terrifying thing, orange furred thing. With the big eyes and yeah. the smile. They put yeah, that face terrifying. on him. They put that face on him. Made his skin match so he was a bright orange. Gave him a mane of glowing, like actual glowing orange hair. Um, gave him jorts with the Snickers logo on it. <laughs> <laughs> a black shirt that said John 316. And what looked to be um, golden Crocs. And they called him Sweet Jean. <laughs> and they had him wrestle <laughs> they had him team up with what apparently was a hidden character in the game called Ribby which was a sentient rib like meat rib <laughs> which I think was called that because the the, the the carny term or the wrestling term for like playing a joke on somebody or fucking with somebody is a rib right you know it was a rib on whoever so yeah. I think they put a joke in the game for a player so they called him Ribby and just made him a giant rib um, and, and a, a version of the rock from the nineties and it was called rock comma. Oh no, that's who they wrestled against. Sorry. It was Biggie Langston, sweet Jean and Ribby versus Randy's Orton and Savage and a version of the rock called rock parentheses, $500 shirt <laughs> <laughs> that was provided by the game. And they wrestled in a dilapidated high school gym. And Caitlin, in this horrible, godforsaken time we are living in, this was the best laugh I've had since this started. So, shouts to Monster Factory on YouTube. You can find them on the Polygon channel or the McElroy family has their own channel as well. And all the Monster Factory vids are there as well. Holy shit. Griffin McElroy has this cackle that he does. That just, like, sets me off completely. They did another version. So they do wrestling games a lot because their rule is no right. middle no middle sliders. Like, a lot of the adjustment tools are little sliders you can move, and there's no middle yeah, sliders. Yeah. It's one end to the other. Like, <laughs> you, want, you want to make a version of The Rock from scratch? Longest arms, shortest legs. <laughs> so you have this character with these long ten- Mr. Fantastic tentacle arms and giant hands... And then they start playing the game and doing wrestling moves, and I'm fucking just dying laughing. They made Garfield in Skyrim. Um, 
that's that's amazing. They tried to make Garfield. They made the only thing I will say that is like troubling and maybe awkward, and this is maybe just my dirty occasional SJW traits flaring up, is they found a game that they were delighted when they discovered one of the options was to not make the face symmetrical. Like you could do things to one side of the face, but not the other. So they're actually like making facial deformities on the character and laughing. And that can feel somewhat troubling. But I mean, when you're making a giant flame haired monster and making him fight a version of John Cena dressed like Naruto, like that's, that's delightful, but your mileage may vary on some of that stuff, but they're fucking like, delight at discovering the more like the ridiculous shit they can do with these creative character modes to make the ugliest shit they can possibly think of <laughs> like another version they made this old man when they realized that they could take out individual teeth like rem- remove them <laughs> <laughs> and they did this thing where the character would like slide out on his knees so they wrote believe in yourself in glowing paint on his thighs so then when he comes out and slides... I can sli- see why this appeals to you. When he slides out onto his knees and it's like, oh, this is a message for the kids. Just for the kids. Just once. <laughs> <laughs> it's maybe a little dudish and definitely juvenile, but I just fucking... I was not prepared to laugh as hard as I did to this stupid shit, so... Shouts to Monster Factory. Friends? You know what that means. I, that That is a closing of a notebook. The notebook is closed. So that is going to end... Another therapy slash slash catch up with your new BFFs. Kate. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your week to have these chats. Of course. Y'all, thank you so much for listening. We've heard some feedback. People don't really seem to care what we do. <laughs> no. They don't care about format. Like, we just like to hang out. I'm like, all right. Well, we like to hang out too, so damn it. Well, we continue to make our way through the murk of the present day we'll keep bringing these for you like we said at the top if you would like to connect with us in the parlance you do it on social on your social meds via twitter primarily at geek down pod we'll be floating around there we'll be back next week with another episode to talk about who knows what who knows kate the world is our oyster there's just a just a open sea of content out there for us to dip our toes into and sample yeah, and Jordan's going to start writing, right, Jordan? Yeah, sure, maybe. I don't know. He's going to start writing. Currently, as I can feel my mustache on my face again, uh, I'm going to pretend that I care, and I'm probably going to shear myself this afternoon, so uh, that'll be Sunday. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I'll let you know how that goes. And, friends, we hope you will join us next week for your weekly catch-up. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and we hope you will join us next week for another great episode of Geek Down Podcast. Also, feel free to bother Jordan about writing. Have a great day, everyone. I'm Jordan. You're not loud enough. <laughs> that's the... There. That's the... Nailed meme. it. <laughs>